Hey, what's up, Nerd Funnelers? We're back. It's Bob Sway. Uh, you're listening to Nerd Funnel, where we take all the nerd news of the world and funnel it into your more than willing ear holes. Uh, today, I've got with me uh, Mr. Manny. Manny the Uncanny. Hadn't been back for a while, but we're glad to have him. And we're here to talk uh, the uh, intro episode and the second episode of Game of Thrones. Yes. Season 7. Yes. Just started two episodes. Let's talk. Ready to ready to discuss, uh, mm-hmm. to critique... Well, that's that's what let's, let's start there because when um, uh, when I first mentioned this to you, you did offer up like your first thing reaction was I have a critique, yeah, and then not enough happened, and I agree. So why don't you go into that? I think the Game of Thrones since season five has been an open dumpster fire. No, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, it's not that bad. That was a joke. Uh, I do like some stuff in it, but really it was excellent seasons one through four. And then since then, the real problem, I feel like, is just there's a lot of exposition. In fact, sometimes the same exposition multiple times and nothing really happens. But isn't that the case in the book, too? Isn't there a lot of exposition? There, Yeah, there's a lot. And there's a lot of details in the book. And there's a lot of lore yeah. and everything like that. But, I don't know, somehow it works better. You feel like it's going somewhere. It doesn't translate. Exposition doesn't translate well to visual media. never does. I feel like it's kind of a... If it's drawn on too long. It's almost a similar problem in Game of Thrones right now as with uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that we've gotten into a place where there's just too many characters and too many little stories going on. Too much going on, too much to keep track of, so nothing in one episode ever really happens much. Exactly. So, you know, you'll get maybe a two-minute sequence with Bran. Oh, here's Bran. And now Bran is south of the wall. Okay. So he's advanced like one step on the little game board. Seriously, right? And now we have Arya. Okay, Arya is now moving, and she's moving north. And for good measure, there's her dire wolves. Now that's cool. Nymeria shows up, and that yeah, that was know, awesome. But then, she doesn't seem interested. Then leaves. Yeah, she doesn't seem interested at all. Which is fine. She bails. She bails, which is okay. It makes sense. It's kind of in character for Nymeria, I think. Mm-hmm. But I want to see more dire wolves. I mean, dire wolves are cool. And want pro- to see that shit. I want to see that shit, and I feel like we're not going to again for not, some time. Not yet, not for a while. Not for a while. It's like it's like they're, it's like playing chess with fifteen people at once, and they're all taking their sweet time making moves. They're all taking their sweet time making moves. So, like, here's some little things I was thinking of that I think would be good fixes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there was that whole scene where Daenerys steps out onto Dragonstone, and she re-enters the you know, castle of her family, the Targaryen castle. Yeah. Is this whole dramatic thing. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they just put that at the end of last season? I mean, they they ended last season with a pretty cool shot of her on the sea with her armada. But, okay, let's advance because that... She could have got there easily and nothing would have changed. Thematically, it doesn't advance anything. It's the same no. thing. It's Daenerys in motion towards Westeros. So let's just have Daenerys... Uh, go to Dragonstone at the end of the final episode. Like, we should have ended that way last season. And that way we can just get right off the bat with some invasion. The end of the first episode, the end of the first episode where she's like, let's begin or whatever it is. Yeah. That should have been the end of last season. Exactly. That's a good capper. And I know, I think they put that line in there. It's almost like, ooh, this is getting exciting. Let's begin. But... It's what we already knew was happening. Like, we're beginning. Here it goes. But you got to think also from just a, and let me just take a cynic's point of view, 
the money standpoint, HBO is trying to drag this on as long as they can. Are we are we being like Herman Melville here, getting paid by the word? Basically, well, I mean, they're trying to stretch this as long as they can keep it going because it's their cash cow. It's HBO's most watched, profitable show. Yeah, that's true. So if they once it's over, it's over, which is why they split the season up, seasons the last season into two seasons, season seven and eight, and they're yeah. thinking about putting the spinoff series in between. Uh, this season and then the last season so that next year we'll get the spinoff and then the following year we'll get the last season at eight. Good God. You know, right? We're trying to drag it, drag it on. Um, well, let's stick with Danny. So uh, Tyrion, uh, awesome. He's really like coming into his own as like the the master chess player. Like he sees it all. Yeah. I really like it. And, um, you know, telling Danny that she needs allies and, and, and we got, you know, we can have, you know, we can have it all. We can have the Tyrells and Dorne. Um, we can have uh, uh, Jon Snow in the north. I like him. He's, like, all about him. I trust him, right? Yeah. Even though, you know, technically he's not, they're not, the houses don't get along or whatever, but he's like, I trust him. And then um, he's, of course, he's already got, uh, what's her name? Uh, ship Lady. Ship um, Lady? The lady with the ships, the brought over the ships. Who are you talking about right now? I'm confused. Uh, Dan- the girl that Danny uh, started getting close with in the last episode. That's another thing. The woman. Oh, Yara Greyjoy. Yeah. Greyjoy. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, Greyjoy, yeah. So she's got the, the female Greyjoy who they started kind of getting close. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, But then, of course, uh, they so you know they're trying to work out the strategy to take over. And uh, there, so okay. One thing that did happen, that happened, happened, was that they formed the plan. They formed the plan, then they they start executing. Want execute the plan, begin executing. But then the surprise things happen, and then uh, Euron, uh, out of nowhere, the uh, the you mean the new Ramsey Bolton? The he's the he's the <laughs> he's the cavalier. He's the world traveled in the book. He's all over the place, and he comes yeah. back with all this like knowledge of the far lands and everything. He comes back, and he's a little bit Jack Sparrow-y. He's basically Jack Sparrow of... I feel like in the last episode, they're trying to make him a psychopath. It's like, we lost Ramsey, so we need a new Ramsey. He got that, he's got that psychopath grin now. He's got pirate psycho. Pirate psycho. They're, I think they're... I'm a little concerned they might be trying to make him a new new Ramsey. But we'll see. Um, well, I mean, it wouldn't be the same as Ramsey. I think Ramsey... He's not as psychopath. He's more just like bloodlust. He's more like Berserk Klingon than he is like disgusting, <laughs> okay. like I'm going to torture you and enjoy every piece of it kind of thing, right? Yeah. He's not He's not like I'm going to jerk off while I flay you kind of kind of creepy. It's I'm just going to Berserk battle, go into battle mode and like I like war. Well, let's see. Now he has Alaria and Yara in his custody, so we can see if he has Ramsey yeah, so they tendencies. Fucked, they fucked up, uh, what's his name, Yara? Yeah. yeah. They fucked up Yara's fleet. So then, Danny doesn't know yet that she's lost that that wing of her uh, her plan. Yeah, uh, Tyrrell and Dorne are on board, I guess. Yeah, they're 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 on board. Except now, uh, all the Tyrell bannermen have gone to uh, have gone to King's Landing. Mm. Right, they had audience with Cersei. Yeah, which is a little puzzling, since their house is in open rebellion against. Cersei, you know, knowing Cersei's tendencies, you think, why doesn't she just keep them all there in King's Landing or throw them on the dungeon or worse, execute them? She probably will. Maybe. I think, see, I think they need to do that. That'd be more in character for Cersei. 
I agree. Um, Cersei, uh, well, Cersei has not too much has happened with Cersei since since the last. That was kind of no. her episode. Was season six last episode was kind of her thing. See, yeah, That's ja- what... Jamie's had it with her. Jamie's playing along for now. Playing along for now. Uh, but I guess yeah, that does bring me to my main issue is we ended season six with so much drama and such build up and then it just goes back to a very prosaic level at this point. I mean, now it's I felt like at the end of season six, all of the dominoes are in place. Now mm-hmm. season seven should just, just be knocking them knock over. them down. I feel like every episode of season seven should have some just major catastrophic, irreversible Especially since there's only eight episodes plot movement yeah, going on. Exactly exactly. I agree, but it's been it's been blue balls. We just get in this kind of denouement yeah. where there shouldn't be one. And I like think back to season one, like major irreversible plot stuff was happening regularly, even in the first season. Shit like, went down every week. Like first week, Bran gets thrown out of the tower. I mean, that's how we started. We started on that note. Yeah, you know. So, and you can't go back from that. I mean, that sets everything in motion. Yeah. So and seriously, let's we st- we should start with something like that. Um. I like the only thing I did I did like that felt like that was um Arya's vengeance on um on the phrase on yeah on the phrase up in yeah. uh, when she two-faced uh Walder Frey yeah and then uh cut him open cut his sword open then that was a really good speech she gave it was like oh you're really good when you are you know raping the pregnant women and yeah. you know all that stuff and they're like yeah yeah and then they're like oh, let's drink yeah that was pretty good I enjoyed that that was fun for me. I that was, that. you know, that was a major thing. Yeah, knocking off the phrase. But think, I can't think of too much else like that that's going on. Where you think like John's playing politics up in the north. He's yeah. doing, he's he's being a statesman now, which doesn't really feel like him. And I think he knows that. that's why he fucking leaves in episode two and leaves yeah. Sansa in charge because she she's learning. Remember, she said she learns from Cersei, and Cersei's the manipulator. She's the stateswoman person, right? Yeah. So she's learned from Cersei, and if you noticed. The hairstyles were the same. Ah, I didn't notice that. Was, uh, Sansa was rocking the little circulate braid that mm. Cersei wears. Interesting. Yeah. And you got Littlefinger, of course, chilling in his lurking lurking, uh, lurking spot. He's such there. a little vile fuck. He's just like waiting for whoever comes out on top. And he just yeah. wants to jerk off all over Sansa. <laughs> oh, and then we got... Um, oh, what's his face? That got the, the, the vision of the fire from the... In the fire from the uh, the the god of light or whatever, yeah. That he's like he sees that like oh the White Walkers are to come over the over the at this point, yeah. And the sea, and you know what's going to happen if you notice this, um, you know the opening, uh huh, the opening animation, yeah. You know, uh, normally, uh, now the first episode I didn't notice, so the second episode I did. Uh, normally, when you when you go up, and they show the wall, mm-hmm. there's ocean on both sides, yeah. This season, it's frozen because the winter's coming. So the white walkers oh. can walk around that shit and come to show up where the, at the point where uh, what's his, what's the guy's name that saw the the vision on the fire? Sander Clegane. Yeah, Clegane, where he saw the uh, where he saw that vision. That's now will te- possibly will be accessible to white walkers. Okay, that's that's cool. Shit's happening. That's the wall happen- ain't gonna do shit for them now. Wall ain't gonna do shit. That now that's cool. See, here's. All right, here's where I bring in my critique on this. Mm-hmm. In that case, I would have liked to see the last episode then, just have the White Walkers breach the wall. 
Like, I feel like this seventh season now, every episode should be ending in a way that makes us, the viewers, say, oh, shit. Well, you did like, You did see them in, in this one. You saw them walking across those long, snowy plains, the Wild Walkers. You did, but we've been seeing that for the but last six seasons. But that could be going seasons. over the frozen ocean. We don't know, because the winter's coming, so the water is freezing up top there. So they could be walking around the wall. Could be, but it's, ambi- but it's ambiguous. I want to see a breach. I want to see. They're not, not going to, especially in winter. They're not going to breach the wall. The ice is too thick. We'll go around it. I mean, yeah. breach just like cross the barrier. Okay, right? so yeah, so circumvent the wall. Right. I want to see, you know, dragons attack King's Landing. I know Danny's supposedly not doing that because she doesn't want to be queen of the ashes. The Even though I think it was in season five, she has this whole speech about we're going to break the wheel. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember that? It's like Targaryens. Yeah. Uh, Lannisters, they're all a wheel. We're going to break the wheel. But now she's talking, I don't want to be Queen of the Ashes. But you just said you want to break the wheel. Break see, the wheel then. See, now the thing about that, though, is, is kind of wise. And, no, I don't think she knows what, what Cersei did to the Sept and blew it up and everything with the Dragon's Fire. But, um, so, she wants to go on as, like, the Liberator, as the kind right. thing. Went over with kindness. So, Cersei's blowing shit up. People might not be happy with her now because she's blowing up their shit, right? Right. Right? So if she, if um, Danny comes in and is able to pacify them without destroying all their shit, I'd be happier with her than they were with Cersei because Cersei at least... It's like, well, you know, at least Danny's not blowing blowing us all to hell with Dragonfire. Cersei already started. And could, but couldn't she just turn the dragons on the Red Keep and not destroy all the City of King's Landing? I mean, I feel like with the dragons, she could just go in and... Make short work of Cersei and Jamie and everybody. That's that's how I feel at this point, and I'd like to see them do that. Do you, Just, think, do you think they're going to work Jamie as a defector to Cersei? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's going to probably happen. And it's been a fan theory for a while. He's probably going to kill Cersei, or or not. <laughs> I don't know, but I think probably or not. <laughs> one of them is going to kill each other. I think it's going to be one of them is going to kill each other. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I mean, stuff's happening, but it's on a very kind of subtle level, and it's not. That's not. That's not what Game of Thrones is about. Game of Thrones is not about s- super subtlety like that. No, Game of Thrones. I mean, what really gets people, I think, excited about it is the way in the past the show has taken these really bold, irreversible, and unexpected steps at major moments. Oh yeah, like Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was unexpected. But it's cool because you look back and you can see all the pieces. In play. But it was pretty unexpected, uh, very irreversible, just completely changes the game, mm-hmm. changes the whole chessboard yeah. all of a sudden. And really since season five, it's been much more cautious. Well, do you think there was too many pieces set up to allow that to happen now? Like we've got too many pieces in place for anything to be super surprising? Because when we, they started, everything was fresh. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. True. But now everybody's kind of... The game's kind of maneuvered in, into play. Although, it's just like in chess. I mean, you could be at the very end of the game and still have some really surprising moves bust out. No, I think there needs to be major plot advancement, surprising moves. Uh, but they have to be surprising moves that make sense. Mm-hmm. Not just thrown in for the sake of being surprising. The point of the... Last surprising was like killing Ned Stark. Surprising, but completely makes sense. Yeah, it's like you you look back and you can see, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Same with Red Wedding. So, you know that's what people really 
love about the show yeah. and the story. And I think that that's what will keep people kind of engaged and excited. I haven't seen that yet. Maybe I mean, it's only two episodes in. Yeah, we still we still got some um, some time. What do, um, we didn't get much with Bran. What do you think about what the Three Eyed Raven's role has to play yet? And look. This guy can do time travel now and can screw with time loops. So maybe they should be biding their time on that, thinking like, okay, how can we not how we completely not screw up? the universe up by getting ahead of ourselves on that? So actually on that one, take your time. I, I understand. Let <laughs> them take their time. Leave that be. Yeah. Um, you know who I really liked? That, I mean, it wasn't, oh, uh, we got um, uh, Samwell taking the scales off Jorah. Right. Um, I like Samwell. Oh yeah, he's great. Like the more I see of him, the more I like him. Um, that was pretty brutal when they were peeling the scales off of him. Yeah, and it kind of lingered a little bit long on this operation sequence that I was very squeamish about. I don't more torture porny. A little bit. Yeah. Like, I, was, I didn't go to medical school for a reason. <laughs> that's well, not my thing. Uh, that's why Fuki went. Oh Tor- yeah, torture porn. <laughs> right, Fuki. Um, we have a live studio audience, right? Live now. studio audience today. Um, no, but I feel. I mean, the the flaying and the the scale picking and like I mean, those are some of the the guilty pleasures of Game of Thrones that some people enjoy and other people just kind of have to sit through. I'm not an uber violent person. I don't like uber violence, but it is pretty gruesome. It got the point across. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. Jorah Mormont, man. I don't know about that guy. Like, I'd kind of forgotten about him, and then he suddenly shows up again. Yeah. I don't know. Um, All I know is, like, peeling that scale off, like, no matter what he's done, like, that's that's hard to deserve. No, that is. Uh... So, um, going forward, then, um, what would you like to see happen? Well, I don't. I can't call exact uh, events I'd like to see happen. That's a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. But I would like to end each episode going, "Oh shit!" Like shit's just changed. Yeah, we because- didn't. We didn't. And like the last episode, we didn't really nothing really. Well, I mean, actually, the it, the it end with the with the the fleets being yes, being but that's still a small skirmish about. Characters who aren't central. I mean, Yara and Alaria, those sand snakes. It's not those aren't. But it's central to Danny's plan. Central to her plan, but I don't know. It doesn't. To me, it still didn't leave me with that sense of just the chessboard's changed. The world's different now than it was before. Yeah, it's not like you offed one of the main characters or or you know did something crazy. Yeah, and I'm not just into offing main characters for the sake of offing them, but I'm just into. I'm into the unexpected, especially when it makes sense and is well connected with the story. Mm-hmm. But they can take you on a different, strange path in the journey you weren't expecting. Yeah, you know, I like that. I'm kind of interested to see what Sansa does in Jon's absence now that he's headed down to King's Landing to meet with uh, our uh, deal with Danny. Well, I'm sure there's going to be some. Uh, I'm sorry, Cersei. Some Cersei. I'm sure there's going to be no wait, Cersei. Danny. Danny. He's going down yeah, to Stormborn. Gonna... Storm, uh, Stormkeep. Going on Dragonstone. 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 Okay. Okay. Name straight. There's going to be some shenanigans with Littlefinger. And Arya is going to get there. And then here's my. See, I think that's cool that Arya is going back to Winterfell. I'm actually very excited about that. But 
I will admit I'm a little apprehensive about how the show is going to play it. I'm a little bit worried that it's going to play like this. Hmm. Arya goes to Winterfell. She sees Sansa. They reunite. And then Arya realizes, just like she's been realizing for the past four seasons, Hmm. that she actually has no home. She is the wolf, wild, now a killer, an assassin. And she has no more home in Winterfell. She can't be happy anyway. And she'll show up there for an episode, and then she'll realize she's not it's not her home, and she'll leave. Mm-hmm. And that that also won't really advance the Arya character. It's, it'll just put her back on the same path she's on. So I'm worried that they might play it like that. I hope that maybe it's a little more interesting than that. That's my fear. I'm concerned, but it might be maybe interesting, that since Sansa's now becoming more like Cersei... And Arya was headed down to kill Cersei, and now she's turning back up, and she starts, if she goes back up there, and the time it takes her to get back up there, Sansa, like, what happens if they bre- they circumvent the wall, and then Sansa has to start act like, take action right now, and then she becomes like Cersei as far as, like, a kind of a power-hungry dictator or something in the north, right? Then she goes up there and sees what happens to, to Sansa, and sees too much of Cersei and Sansa. And decides like, well, now I re- maybe that'd be the impetus for her to finally realize that she's the lone wolf and has no home. Or does she try to? I don't know. I think it'd be an interesting play of of Sansa becoming more like Cersei, and then Arya going back to Winterfell and seeing her sister becoming more like Cersei. I hope they don't make Sansa evil, though. I mean, if Stephen were here, we could have some passionate disagreement. I actually like Sansa a lot. He doesn't like Sansa. He hates Sansa. He brutal. I met a lot of people who hate Sansa. I like Sansa. I'm a Sansa fan. And I hope they don't just make her into Cersei because we already have one Cersei. And, you know, that's that's enough to me. But Yeah, one's enough. Yeah. I hope that's not where they're going with the character. Yeah, I would too. Um, there's also an interesting scene, um, the eunuch sex scene. Yeah, that was long too. I was watching that. Like, I was like, what, what are they going to be able to, what are they going to do? What can they show? Like him dry humping? Like what are they going to do? They kind of stopped it right at that point. But the scene really went for a long time, kind of kept going. And not that not that, that wasn't cool because, uh, you know, Missandei, she's pretty sexy. Yeah. Uh, but, again, there's a lot of characters in the show. There's limited time. I'm a little bit thinking they spent a little bit too many precious minutes on this sex scene. But Not enough. Not enough, like, explaining what, what uh, Melisandre was down there with uh right exactly but i'm still glad that the gray worm and masande got some i'm happy for them yeah i'm happy for them they've earned it yeah they have what about melisandre what do you think what's she doing oh well they use they use her as a nice little plot device to point out that in high valyrian they don't have the gender specificity for prince and princess yeah so that it, daenerys could be the promised the chosen prophecy right yeah exactly um so they uh So do you have a pick speaking of chosen? Do you have a pick for the Iron Throne? Pick for the Iron Throne. Who do you want who do you want to win? I'm saying I like that unexpected stuff. Just surprise me. Surprise you? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um Yeah. I'm going surprise me too. I was gonna say somehow some in some cavalcade of misadventure Tyrion ends up on the throne, but he's a good advisor. I don't think he's be a good king. Yeah, he's a much better advisor. Yeah. King is too much in the spotlight for him. Yeah. Oh, weren't that wasn't and Danny also called out Varys on his uh Yeah his bullshittedness. 
she did and it really makes me want to i wish i had more instant knowledge at my uh fingertips right now and i could be like a little wikipedia on this it makes me want to really go back and see what Oliveris's machinations were because you know you get seven mm-hmm. seasons in it starts to get complicated to keep the continuity straight oh yeah and uh it kind of makes me want to go back and try to see oh, what what has Varys's game been this whole time but i'm glad she did call Varys out and they didn't just let it be forgotten that Varys has not always appeared as the most loyal of consorts and uh you think that'll play in the end we'll see i don't know okay yeah we will see um all right well we'll uh we'll rejoin maybe towards the latter half of the season and see where we end up we will all right looking forward until then get your game of thrones on and uh you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash nerdfunnel check out our videos on youtube.com slash nerdfunnel uh, the good old website at nerdfunnel.com. Uh, take a see our pics at uh, Instagram uh, f- uh, at nerdfunnel, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, until next time, you have been nerdfunneled. <laughs>